Welcome to Spread-Led Life with HMI. Stay tuned for an anointed word by Pastor Dion Hockey. We hope this session builds your faith. Hello everybody and welcome to today's session with me. My name is Dion Hockey and we are from Healing Ministries International. We're so glad that you could join us this week again as I continue teaching on the unstoppable church. Praise God. We are unstoppable for the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. Remember to follow us on, on uh, Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. We are on YouTube. And remember, every, every Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we are live on Facebook, 7 p.m., teaching the Word of God. I am busy doing a teaching on the gift of the Spirit of God. So you are very welcome to join us and uh, partake and learn more from the Word. But I want to get back to the, the teaching to, uh, today concerning being unstoppable for God. And we have been covering a couple of characters in the Bible and learning from them. And so today I want to bring to you a man called Noah. Come on. Everybody knows that Noah was unstoppable for God. And there are so many wonderful things that we can learn from this man. And that's why I want to get straight into this message with you. Get a pen and paper. Write down what I give you. Take some notes and pray about it so that you too can become unstoppable for God and His kingdom. Father, we thank you for your very presence. We thank you for this time that we can spend together in the Word of God. I pray for all the viewers that are watching right now. And I pray, Lord, that you will inspire them, encourage them, that you will pick them up and lift them up, Father, to become unstoppable for you, especially in these times that we are living in. So, Father, bless the session. Touch your people in Jesus' name. If you agree with me, say amen. All right, let's get into it. The first thing I want to do is in the book of Genesis chapter 6, and let's read this. It's very important so you can get the gist of what I'm about to teach on. Genesis chapter 6 verse 1 to 8 says, Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. Now we know that, know that these are the angels that uh, began to take humans as their, as their spouses. Verse 3 says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. So here we see, interesting enough, that God now gives a warning of 120 years, okay? Now, there were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterwards, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them, those were the mighty men who who were of old men of renown. And the Lord saw, listen to this now, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continuously. There was, listen, the earth was so corrupt, and the Bible says that even their thoughts were just continually thinking of how to be evil. Does that sound familiar? 
Does that sound like the time we're living in? Verse 6 says, And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Isn't that awesome? Noah found grace. Do you and I, are we, are we finding grace in the eyes of God? I hope you all know that there is a thing called a rapture and that the, the end is going to come again. This is going to happen, not, with, not with, uh, with rain and with floods, but with fire. God is going to destroy the world as we know it. But the big thing is, do you have grace with God? Do you know God? Have you, have you got a relationship with God? Because the Bible says Noah had this relationship with God. He had grace from God. The portion of Scripture tells us the condition of the world at that time of Noah. It was exceedingly evil and corrupt. Wow. There was a heavy demonic influence. Would you agree that tainted and twisted God's natural order? Man, that sounds just like today. Murderers like Lamech apparently went unpunished. There are people today, people who are getting away with murder, getting away with robbery and theft and getting away with everything. People just seem to get away without being punished. There were no human governments in the time of Noah. There were no human governments or at least limited ones to act as, as restraints towards sin. The result was people acted according to what was right in their own eyes. Here and there a righteous man would pop up such as Seth, Enoch, and Noah. But uh, by and large, humans were living under the influence of demons and rebelling against God. Amen. There was no such thing uh, as, as, as lawmakers who would, who would stop this evil from, uh, from continuing. Nothing was there. They just people just went on and did what they chose to do. Amen. There was no break from sin. There was no scripture. There were no prophets. There was no church to act as a restraint. The world had descended into a cesspool of evil and filth. It was so evil that God grieved in his heart and felt regret and remorse at man's pitiful condition. As a holy and righteous God, God would not tolerate this kind of behavior. So there was such an extreme uh, difficulty to live righteously in that corrupt environment. But the good news is that God found a man who was righteous before him. And this man's name was Noah. So come on, if we think about the situation of our lives today, the world that we are living in is so corrupt, so filthy, so full of sin and evil, murder, rape, uh, uh, people being taken, uh, child pornography, um, the list just goes on and on, the drug abuse, the alcohol abuse, the, the violence that we are facing. Can you agree? The corruption that we are seeing in governments and in countries and in people, the list just goes on and on and on, but there needs to be a handful of righteous people. And God was fed up with these people. He was fed up and said, I've had enough, 
and he was going to destroy the earth. And I'm telling you today, my friend, that there is coming a time when the trumpet is going to sound and the heavens are going to split open and Jesus Christ is going to come and rapture his bride, his church to be with him. Amen. It's not going to be long anymore. I don't think that God is going to be patient with this ugliness and filth that is going on in the world. You and I have to work out our own salvation with much fear and trembling before the Lord. If we look at Noah and what caused him to be unstoppable, what was the thing that made Noah righteous? Well, number one, he was a preacher of righteousness. Second Peter 2 verse 5 says, And he did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world for the ungodly. We see that he was a preacher of righteousness. Building the ark certainly gave Noah many opportunities to tell people that what he was doing and that the end was coming. He likely preached just like many other Old Testament preachers today. In other words, when God said, I'm giving you 120 years, he was warning the people. He raises up Noah, who is a righteous man, and he says to Noah, all right, this is the plan What you're going to have to do. Build an ark, build a boat. I'm going to send all the animals of the world, and you're going to save them because I have pity on them now, and I'm going to save them. All right, but he gave them 120 years time to repent the people around Noah and I could imagine as Noah started building and who was living righteous before God who was praying and and believing God uh, you know <clears throat> he was a man of faith I just love this he 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 was so obedient to God I want to get into these into these point into these points but the fact of the matter is that God forewarned the people in the, in the days of Noah that he was going to bring destruction. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He was a preacher of sin. I'm sure he said to the people, repent, make right, stop what you are doing because God's going to destroy the world. Unfortunately, in that time, the world did not believe what Noah was saying. And I'm telling you today that we are preachers of righteousness and we are preaching to the world today and saying to the world, listen, you need to repent. You need to turn from your wicked ways. In the olden days, when we see um, a Jonah who was sent by God to prophesy over the city of Nineveh and to tell them they need to repent for God was going to bring destruction to Nineveh, you know what? Nineveh obeyed and listened to what God said through the message of Jonah. They heard Jonah's preaching and guess what they did? They repented and turned from their wicked ways and God saved Nineveh. But here comes Noah, and Noah has a 120 years opportunity of preaching repentance, but the people refuse to repent. And here we are today in the same setup. <clears throat> God is going to come and bring destruction to the earth. Those of you watching me, if you don't know this, if you've never heard this, there is going to come an end. Amen. There is a thing called the Battle of Armageddon, and then the world is going to come to an end as we know it. And then God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth with a new Jerusalem. All right, this is all in the, in the Bible. You can go and read it. But I am preaching to you today as a preacher of righteousness, and I'm telling you, please, my friend, repent of your sins. Turn from your wicked ways. Make 
right with God because you do not want to be in the time when Jesus comes to take his bride to be with him and all godliness is going to come on this earth. It's going to be a tremendous, horrible time. Amen. The Bible calls it a dreadful day, a dreadful day. But let's get back to Noah. Noah was a man of faith. Hebrews 11.7 says, By faith Noah, being, fill, uh, being divinely warned of the things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he co condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. <clears throat> In other words, God said to Noah, I'm going to destroy the earth with a flood. He gives him a commandment on what to do. But Noah, not seeing what God had spoken, responded to the message of God, and he acted upon his faith by doing what God told him to do. Amen. He was a man of faith and of righteousness because he preached righteousness, but he was a man of faith because he acted upon the commandment of God. And this is where you and I need to be to become unstoppable for God's kingdom. We need to become righteous, God fearing before the Lord, but we need to act upon the scripture of God and work by faith. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Each step of building this ark was amazing. He, he, he had, think about this, the faith that Noah had to build this big ark. They didn't have the equipment. They didn't have the tools back then like we have today, the modern technology. Everything he did, he had to do by hand. It took him 120 years to build this ark. Would you, would you agree with me? That was a tremendous job. Hallelujah. He was 600 years old when he started building this ark and it took him 120 years to build the ark and i could just imagine in those days when he he got his card and he told his family listen this is the commandment god had given me and we're going to build this thing and the family must have thought first of all he's crazy but they said you know what we're just going to submit to you because as for me and my household we will serve the lord right so they were obedient to what noah had heard god say to him they submitted under him and this is what we miss in today, is that children are not submitting under their fathers, their parents anymore. They're not listening. So even that portion is a, such a sad thing to look at today in the world, is how households and families are falling apart because of the lack of godliness from the parents' side and the lack of submission from the children's side. But that's another topic that we can talk on at another time. But Noah now gets his little cart and he goes down the main road. Imagine this, going down the main road of his little town where he lives. And I can imagine the people watching him and saying to him, Noah, what are you doing, man? Where are you going? And he said, God spoke to me and God said that I am to build an ark or a boat. And he's going to bring destruction to the world and he's going to bring floods and he's going to kill everybody on the face of the planet. Everybody's going to die so you guys who are watching me you better repent and turn from your wicked ways and maybe God will save you as well and off he goes and he goes and finds some wood and he chops the wood down you know and as he chops the wood down he comes back and I could just imagine how the people were watching old Noah working day after day off he would go and he would go and get wood and he'll come back and they would watch Noah 
make a clearing there by his house and he would begin to slowly but surely make planks and uh, get the structure of this big boat. Think about the persecution that Noah had gone through. I'm talking about being unstoppable for God. I've been a preacher of this gospel for 31 years, my wife and I, and my family who've been preaching this gospel. And for years and years, I've been preaching the same message of repentance. I've been preaching the same message of healing. I've been preaching the same message of salvation. And for years, we have gone through persecution over and over and over. People have called me a Bible puncher. People have called me a faith. They've called me a false prophet. I have been uh, given names and cussed at and sworn at. But I've just faithfully kept on preaching this gospel in spite of what people say. Because I know the truth. I know that Jesus is coming. And we need to get as many people saved as we can. Can I get an amen? And Noah went through the same persecution. You know the Bible says that a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. A prophet has no honor with his family. People don't agree. People dislike him. People don't believe in what he did. Even Jesus wasn't able to perform the big miracles he did when he was in his own hometown. Isn't that sad? Even Jesus went through persecution. Jesus found the greatest persecution not from the sinners but from the religious people. The religious people were, were angry at him and they were jealous at him because he was doing the things that they were not doing. And I tell you what, today are we doing the works of Jesus and other religious people watching you and coming against you and calling you all types of names and saying how false you are because you are standing by faith on the word of God. You see, Noah was righteous and it was his righteousness that compelled him to be obedient to God and to stand upon the word. The word that he heard. A word that was not seen, a word that seemed impossible. Can you imagine if you and I received that word? Put yourself in the shoes of Noah. If God came to you and said to you, Noah, I'm going to destroy the world and I want you to build this boat. Could you imagine the doubt that would come on to, on, in the heart of Noah? Could you imagine how he would begin to ask questions like, well, you know, where's the water going to come from? We don't even know th that amount of water, you know, that God can flood a whole earth. It, it, it sounds absolutely impossible. We would have these questions. Where am I going to get the money to build this building? Big boat. Where you know? How, uh, where am I going to get the provisions? How if I have to get money to build this big boat? How am I going to provide for my family? And how how am I going to take care of them? You know, if I have to build this boat and then still have my daily job, how am I going to accomplish this great task? You, you see the doubt that there is and the fears that would come upon Noah if we heard these questions today? And what about people who would mock us? And, and Lord, if I have to build this thing and, and people are going to speak to me and tell me I'm mad and I'm crazy and, and you know, I'm wasting my time. Why do I... Why am I doing this? These are the fears that you and I as Noah, I'm talking about if we were in the shoes of Noah, that we would be facing. But you know what? 
We are facing difficulties today. We are talking about the end time. We are talking about Jesus returning and that he's coming to fetch his bride and that there will be, uh, that there will be perilous times in these last days. We are proclaiming this and the people are saying to us, listen, you're mad, you're stupid, you're a Bible puncher, you're, a, you know, you're taking this thing too serious, you, you are a too much of a Christian, don't, don't take this thing too fast. Stop what you're doing. Isn't that what you are experiencing? But it is the righteousness of God, the fear of God that is compelling us to move forward and to tell the world about Jesus Christ, unstoppable for God. What I love about Noah was he was persistent. Day after day, he went out chopping wood. He went out building uh, something that he had never even seen in his life. Imagine you building a ship. Think about that with your bare hands. I can't imagine how am I going to build a boat, a ship, literally a ship to hold all the earth's animals in. That is just, it seems absolutely impossible. How can I do that? Some of you might be watching me and say, how can I get people saved? Or, or how can I preach a gospel? I'm not even an ordained minister. I didn't even go to Bible school. How am I going to accomplish this great work, my dear friend? Act on the faith and be persistent with Noah. He went into the wood and he was the woods and he was chopping down trees. And you know, we go to God every morning. We get into prayer, we get into the word and we fill our hearts with the scripture and with the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and we act upon faith and we lay hands on the sick and we cast out devils and we preach Jesus in the morning, in the afternoon and in the evening. We stay persistent just like Noah was persistent. Imagine after 60 years what the people were saying of him. You're crazy, Noah stop what you're doing but he just kept on going on he never stopped okay Noah was a worshiper of God he just kept worshiping God he kept believing God even after the flood you know that he, when he went the first thing he did was he built an altar and brought an offering to God which was so wonderful for God which tells me he was he was absolutely um, uh, uh, sold out to God, living for God 100%. This is what you and I need to do. We need to be obedient obedient to God's commandments. We need to be diligent in the working out of our fear and our salvation, and we need to be persistent with the work that we are doing. I remind you again, my dear friend, of Matthew chapter 19, that Jesus said, uh, Matthew chapter 28 verse 19, Jesus said, go and preach this gospel. Hallelujah. Go, make disciples baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them everything that I have commanded you. This is what the Lord says to you and I. Mark chapter 16, we are to preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Mark 16, 17, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents if they drink anything deadly by no means hurt them they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover 
This is the commandment that God has given to us. We need to be persistent in our walk with God. We need to be faithful in our prayer life with God. We need to be uh, faithful in our Bible study with God. We need to be uh, persistent in our witnessing with God. We need to be persistent in going to church. We need to be persistent in worshiping Jesus. I hope I'm preaching to somebody who is out there. Do not give up. In spite of the persecution, in spite of the negativeness that people will say and throw you away, in spite of your own family turning their back on you, in spite of you losing your friends who say you are mad and you are a Jesus freak and you're taking this Christian thing too far, let me tell you, friend, you stick to what you know and you believe and hold on to your faith in the mighty name of Jesus. It took him six, he, when he was 600 years old, imagine for 120 years, it just kept on going, kept on going, kept on going. We see in the Bible in Matthew 25, I'm not going to read it, talking about the 10 virgins and the, uh, the, the 10 virgins. Five were wise and five were foolish. Five took oil in the lamps and five did not take oil in the lamps. And the message was that the Lord returned. Amen. And those who did not take oil in the lamps knocked on the door and they said, Lord, open up for us. And the Lord said, I do not know you. Depart from me. And this is what we need to be careful, that you and I need to be persistent, keep our lamps full of oil, and we are to preach this gospel. We are to bring witness of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Amen. Friend, come on. Time is running out so quickly for me, but we need to have the attitude of Noah. Amen. You need to have the persistence of Noah. You need to have the faith of Noah. Don't give up. We need to be righteous like Noah was. We need to be God-fearing like Noah was. We need to train our family to be God-fearing. We need to train our family to serve the Lord in a time such as this that is full of godliness and full of sin and full of unrighteousness. Amen. Father, I pray for all the people that are watching. And I ask you, God, that by your spirit, you will baptize your people, fill your people and anoint your people with the blessed Holy Spirit. Jesus, in a time that, as this, Lord, that we are living just like in the days of Noah, there was so much corruption, there was so much murder, so much sin. Lord, it was just it was almost impossible to live a righteous life, but Lord Noah did, and you found him faithful, and you granted him grace. And so, Father, I pray for every man and woman that is watching me today, Lord, that we will find grace in your, in your eyes, Lord, and that we will be faithful in the things that we do for your kingdom, in Jesus' name. In G Let us not lose hope. Let us not lose vision, Father, but let us hold on to the promises of your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray that you have, have heard my heart today. And I pray that you will go and study Noah again. Just go and read it in the book of Genesis. And go and look at the wonderful things that Noah did. And, and, and how he was faithful to the call and obedient to what seemed as an impossible task. He was persistent and he just kept on going, just kept on going.
Amen. I pray the same for you today. In spite of your circumstances, in spite of the difficulties, in spite of the corruption of the world that we are living in, that you will be persistent with your walk with God. In Jesus' name. Hey, we love you. We'll catch you next week and we'll continue on the subject. Bye-bye. You can make a difference by partnering with us, a ministry with a heart for the lost. You can sow or partner by visiting our website, dionhockey.org. You will also receive exclusive content from the ministry as a thank you from Pastor Dion Hockey. Remember to subscribe and follow our social media pages for updates, sermons, and more information about the ministry. Thank you for listening and see you next time.